On this week's Energy Show, we're talking about the future of our electrical system. But the past electrical system that we have, I mean, going back to Edison, is really jamming the brakes on a good, clean, renewable energy future. Basically, what's happening, and it's no surprise, is the electric utilities don't want you to put solar on your roof. It's simple economics for them. The more power that you generate, the less they have to sell. Rooftop solar, also called distributed generation solar, is cheaper than utility power. Basically, anybody who has a solar system on their roof knows this as a fact. And you look at your bill. I mean, here, just looking at California, we're able to generate power for six, seven, eight cents, maybe 10 cents on a complicated small system, 10 cents a kilowatt hour. Whereas your electric bill from the utility averages about 25 cents a kilowatt hour in California. And anybody who's got a big bill is peaking out at about 34 cents. So basically, rooftop solar is cheaper than what they can sell you. That's a technological change that's unstoppable. But one way to slow down that technology change is to make it difficult or even impossible for you to put solar on your roof. So utilities all around the country have an organized campaign to slow down the adoption of rooftop solar. They're using every dirty trick in the book. They're working with the public utilities commissions to limit rooftop solar by making it more expensive, by adding fixed costs, by adding special fees, by making it impossible for you to install a system, or basically by reimbursing you at less than what they pay to deliver power. Uh, And what's happening is the public utility commission, they're the ones that are supposed to be setting the rules, and they're always getting influenced, I would say bullied by armies of lawyers, by the utilities. And they're being influenced by the politicians and consumers by the efforts of public utilities. So what ends up happening is consumers and politicians are being influenced to make bad decisions about our future energy system. They're ignoring the real facts. These are basically the same tactics that tobacco companies use to convince the public that smoking isn't really so bad. It's the same tricks that fossil fuel companies use to convince the public that their products are clean and that there's no global warming. Basically, the way it works is they hire front groups to advertise, to write deceptive reports, and to sway public opinion. So here are some examples of how your friendly, local, benevolent utility influences the public, consumers, and politicians so that they can keep selling you expensive power. They want to keep selling you power from their generation system, from their transmission system, instead of allowing you to use solar on your roof and run your electric meter backwards and send power to the neighbors. Now, the way this works is the key thing that they've done, and we're going to go into detail in a minute, is they have a front group. It's their lobbying group called the Edison Electric Institute, or EEI. Utilities all over the country chip in tens of millions of dollars to EEI, and EEI spends this money to lobby, to lie, and to create misleading reports, all to slow down DG Solar. Now, I'm going to be completely transparent with you here. Solar Energy Industry Association is a lobbying group that's hired by the solar industry, and I'm on the board of that organization. We try and be as honest as an objective as possible. And we're kind of looking at this data, these reports, this PR, these advertisements from EEI. And you know, we, we cringe. We, we have no way near one-tenth the budget that EEI has to file these misleading reports. But we do the best we can on behalf of the solar industry. So EEI's tactics are starting to work. I mean, this is a this is a battle that's been going on for years and years, and it's intensified. These tactics are working to the detriment of homeowners, of businesses that want to put solar on the roof, of companies that sell and install solar systems. Just a few examples recently. Net metering, 
which is your right to run the electric meter backwards at the retail rate, which is what they pay, what they charge you. Net metering's been shut down in Nevada and Hawaii. There's repetitive, constant fights going on in Arizona, where the utilities are trying and often succeeding in shutting down rooftop solar unless they own it. Now, there's an irony for you. Rooftop solar is great if the utility owns it. But if you want to own it, eh, we're not going to let you profit from that. It's amazing. Now, solar never got a good start in Florida. Florida's the sunshine state. The dominant utilities in Florida, in conjunction with EEI, have managed to fight every policy that's been put in place that's really going to unshackle the solar market in Florida. But what a great place to put solar. So much air conditioning demand, so many sunny roofs, so much need for clean, renewable power, and it's not working. So just keep in mind that, that when you look at the advertisements, when you look at the reports about solar, and anytime I hear any any the word solar come out of any utility advertisement report, I always kind of scratch my head and say, what are they really trying to do? So initially, the efforts by utilities against solar, rooftop solar, and net metering were very uncoordinated. Kind of reminds me of a classic misquote from Gandhi. First, they ignore you. And this was happening, you know, 10 years ago. Rooftop solar was tiny. Then they ridicule you. And this is, that's been going on for a few years. Ah, rooftop solar could never meet our huge electrical needs. It's never going to be able to give us power when we need it. Why put 20 solar panels on your roof when we, the powerful utility, can put 100,000 in the desert and generate all the power you need? And then they fight you. We're at the fight stage. And that's when utilities are really organizing to fight us. they got a lot of money to do it. Now, the final stage is when we win. That'll take a while, but we inevitably will because that's the way technology is going. So at the fighting stage, the Edison Electric Institute is the utility's shadow warrior. They're spending hundreds of millions of dollars to lobby against rooftop solar. It started off with a report that EEI published to their members, and it was circulated publicly in January of 2013. The report was called Disruptive Challenges, the Financial Implications and Strategic Responses to a Changing Retail Electric Business. This was a pretty good report. I read it back in 2013. It basically outlined the utility's problem, that their customers can get power from solar on their roof cheaper than the utilities can profitably provide it. And what will happen in that case, it's happening, is the growth of the utility's sales slows down. Their profits will slow down. Fewer people need to buy electricity. Utilities don't need to put in as many power plants, as many transmission systems. Their assets go down. Then they can't afford to borrow money and continue to build their business. Their profits will suffer. Their stock price will go down. Their interest payments will keep going up. And it's bad, bad, bad for them. And I understand that. I mean, they're a public company. Their, their business is, is for stockholders. Their business is not beholden to the, the customers and the Public Utilities Commission. They're trying to maximize their profits for stockholders. The executives of the utilities get a bonus based on how much profit they get. Profit equals how much they sell and how many assets they put in. So rooftop solar is bad for them. So the recommendations in the report were for utilities to organize, to fight distributed generation solar. And the messaging started coming out in 2013, 2014, and now it's all over the place. Solar is good. They're no longer criticizing solar. They're saying solar's okay, renewable energy's okay. But the subtitle, the subtext, it's always as long as the utilities provide it. So that's why you see so much emphasis on really big solar plants in the desert. That's why you see some of these great idyllic, they're called community solar projects. I mean, community solar, it sounds perfect. We're going to put solar on a, a garbage dump. We're going to put solar canopies over parking lots, and it's going to be 
be owned by the community. But the reality is that in many cases, those plants are not owned by the community. They're owned by the utility. And the community doesn't really benefit by getting cheaper power. They pay just as much before. So the EEI is implementing a variety of strategies to slow down and stop rooftop solar. They're sponsoring model legislation against net metering. And this is done often with a group called the American Legislative Council, or ALEC. We've talked about them before. They're sponsored by the Koch brothers. So ALEC and EEI write reports that show that net metering shifts costs to non-solar customers, and they try and change laws in every single state, everywhere, to push back against rooftop solar. They pay a lot of money to public relations companies that claim that economically disadvantaged people can't get solar. They they suffer the most because of this this myth called cost shifting. Now, ironically, these economically disadvantaged people are the same people who are harmed the most by pollution for power plants. And you know what? These are the same people that need the kind of jobs that solar provides. And they also lobby politicians in Washington, in states, and locally against rooftop solar. And they even secretly shop horror stories about how bad some of the local solar companies are. So here's their specific plan. They have focused outreach on three target groups. Customers, these are homeowners and businesses, state legislators and governors, and regulators and consumer advocates, regulators of public utilities commissions. They spend $100 million on PR in these reports, and they've introduced legislation in more than half the states to make net metering either illegal or prohibitively costly. And they're funding consumer and minority groups to bias these groups against solar. The Edison Electric Institute, backed by utilities all over the country, is spreading falsehoods about solar's impact on low-income communities. Now, we're going to go into some of these specific examples. And you know, I really cringe when I when I read about these and I see what they're doing. It's, it, these are really dirty tricks right out of the tobacco industry and the fossil fuel companies' uh, playbook. What they've done is they're... <laughs> They're working with the National Black Caucus of State Legislators and the National Policy Allowance. These represent the Congressional Black Caucus and about 10,000 black lawmakers in all levels of government. They back model legislation imposing surcharges and limiting the appeal of net metering. So EEI gave $10,000 to the National Black Caucus of State Legislators in 2013. That's the most recent year for which records are available, and I'm sure they're continuing to donate. And in two previous years, they gave the Institute about 17000 to the National Policy Alliance. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to convince minorities that solar is bad and that there's cost shifting and it's going to, it's going to be economically bad for these disadvantaged communities. <laughs> the, the painful reality is solar creates jobs and solar creates clean energy and you kind of look around the country where there's the, the worst pollution and the most childhood asthma and things like that those are places where they've got dirty coal plants so it's just absolutely wrong now luckily the eei's money that they're spending doesn't influence all the groups the naacp recently released a report detailing that the path to transitioning from energy production processes that are harmful to our communities and a clean energy resolution to improve the economic well-being of low-income neighborhoods through the deployment of clean energy. So the NAACP gets it. They're not taking any money from the Edison Electric Institute. But EEI is still spreading money around. And you know, even us in the solar, we in the solar industry, we're kind of seeing these groups come out against solar. We're scratching our heads saying, why? It's, it's perfect. It's improving the local environments, creating jobs, but there's money behind these positions. So in addition, it's interesting how it, there's always this kind of solar is good from liberals and solar is bad from conservatives. And that's not always the case. 
there's a lot more balance than you think. One of the reasons is that rooftop solar, distributed generation solar, is actually good. It, it, it's economically great for reducing costs and for creating jobs and for helping us with our energy independence. I mean, we, we can gain energy independence by drilling oil wells or gas wells in our backyard, or we can gain similar energy independence by putting solar on our rooftops. So some conservatives are fighting back. The Christian Coalition, which is a conservative group, recently wrote, Indiana's utilities are interested in keeping us reliant on traditional fuel sources that hurt our national security and weaken our economy. We must allow homes, businesses, public organizations, and churches to create local American power by installing solar. Now, another very interesting example, and this is where the economy and and jobs and clean energy makes strange bedfellows, the Tea Party, which is typically a very conservative group, launched a campaign in Florida for a ballot initiative that would allow citizens to purchase solar directly from private companies. Now, currently in Florida, the only entity that is allowed to sell electricity is the utility. Most other states have laws and allow private organizations, private companies, to sell electricity. And PPAs and leases, when they're owned by companies that, that, that install and sell, those, sell that power, is basically this kind of business model. That's illegal in Florida. And the, the, the Tea Party actually is continuing to make efforts in Florida to allow, to allow solar leases and solar PPAs. And that would be a great thing if it goes into effect. Now, here's another place where EEI is really starting to have some influence, and and I cringe when I think about the impact. They're writing reports and contributing money to universities to sway the regulatory and political debate. Now, the regulators and the politicians, they, they rely on research reports and things like that to show what what the results are, what the facts are, and what the best policy should be. Now, keep in mind, these these research reports are generally not unbiased. By the same token, things that come from the solar industry probably have some bias on them too. We're interested in solar, but anything that comes from the utility, I can guarantee you that it's biased towards maintaining their monopoly and same with fossil fuel companies. So what's happening is EEI's funding university institutes, faculty, and their trade associations so that they can influence regulatory staff and they produce advocacy materials that support lobbying efforts. So they're producing these reports that say solar, uh, solar is great. I usually see that now. Solar is great, but it's, it's um, not going to work if it's on your house. We have to have it um, operated by the utility. So specifically, the Louisiana State University, these are some examples. New Mexico State University, Harvard University, and the University of Wisconsin produce reports opinion pieces, and educational events that ultimately supports the utility industry's position in regulatory and, and political discussions on the future of the electric industry. Yeah, I kind of read that, and I'd say, gee, you know, it's interesting. I'm you know, doing research on this in the universities. But then I kind of remembered this report that came out last year, 2015, from MIT. MIT, a very well-known university, probably the best, the best engineering school in, in the world, and <laughs> I'm proud to say it's my alma mater, they published a report called The Future of Solar Energy. And I kind of knew about this report coming down the pike, and I looked forward to it when it came out. Terrific 332-page report, incredibly detailed. And it was written and supported by a, a really top-notch group of faculty, of students and researchers who worked on this report for a long time. I looked at the report. I looked at the executive summary. I started reading through this thing. And, and, you know, my opinion just completely changed. The recommendations in this report from MIT called The Future of Solar Energy are wrong on so many levels. And they're wrong and obviously wrong 
to people who are actually on the ground, or in, in my case, on the roof in the solar industry. So specifically in this MIT report, they were saying that it's, it's important to develop new solar technologies. But guess what? When it comes to rooftop solar and, and solar in general, new technologies are not what we really need. That's not the major problem. Solar panels are only 20% of the cost of the system. What's, what's interesting, what this report kind of misses in their focus on developing new solar panel technologies, is that it's policies such as net metering. Permitting, financing, those are the biggest costs. And ironically, those are the things that EEI is fighting against improving. Next point of the report, they're talking about integrating solar generation at a large scale. Well, that sounds like it's just exactly what the utilities want. What we really need is lots and lots of little solar at a small scale, um, but everywhere, because that's where we use energy. And when you're able to generate power where it's used, it's more efficient, it's cheaper, and you eliminate all of the transmission and the distribution costs. And and that's one of the things that this, this, this report just kind of conveniently misses, that when you take everything to account, local solar is in many ways cheaper than utility power. They want to increase, they're recommending that the federal government increase their R&D on thin film solar instead of crystalline. I'm sitting here scratching my head. Industry spent over $10 billion on thin film. Crystalline works and it's already cheaper. The report recommends focusing more on concentrating solar power. CSP, or concentrating solar power, is dead. Stick a fork in it. It's too expensive. It has too many moving parts, too much maintenance. Standard solar installations are way cheaper. Distributed generation is cheaper. Putting solar panels in the desert, cheaper and better. The study concludes that there are cost shifts. Well, they're, they're ignoring a lot of the other facts. And you can look at the Brookings Institute study that looks at, looks at a lot of these things. The study doesn't pay a lot of attention to the soft costs, which, are, which make up some of the highest um, expenses of, of any kind of solar. And these are the policies that can be streamlined with utility cooperation, or if we force the utilities to streamline these, these soft costs. They're not technical problems. Germany solved these soft cost problems. Solar installations in Germany are half the price of what they are in the U.S. because they've almost completely eliminated all these silly soft costs. And finally, the report recommends that the policies to support solar deployment, solar deployment is we want to put a lot of solar out there, the policies should reward generation, not investment. They should not provide greater subsidies to residential generators than to utility-scale generators. Well, guess what? The utility-scale generators are getting much bigger subsidies in aggregate. And they should avoid the use of tax credits. The tax credits are the single one biggest thing that drove the growth of both the DG, residential and rooftop business, and the utility-scale owners. So this report, dumb, dumber, and dumbest. It's my alma mater. I studied solar at MIT in the 70s. And it just kind of kills me to see this report. I'm ashamed the influence that any solar companies have had on this report. I did research to find out who funded it. Two of the major sponsors were Duke Energy and Edison International. That's not EEI. That's the utility. One of the biggest utilities are based in California, Edison International. Southern California Edison is one of their subsidiaries. So it's just amazing that when you look at the influence that incumbent energy providers, fossil fuel companies, utilities have on our policy decisions, they're able to sway research that, that ordinarily would be done at such a high level at universities like MIT. So finally, just this summer, last little anecdote, the Edison Electric Institute was caught secretly working to influence the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, on a solar energy workshop. There's a workshop that the FTC had about rooftop solar, and Representative Yvette Clark, who's a member of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, sent a letter in her name on her letterhead to the FTC saying that rooftop solar companies are ripping off customers, and she asked for greater oversight from the FTC. But then 
some people looked at the metadata in the letter. They looked at the electronic version of the letter. And anytime you open up a file in Word and write it, there's metadata that says actually who wrote it or who participated. The letter was written by EEI's government relations director, Eric Gray. So these are things that they're doing. So it's clear that utilities are trying to protect their monopoly. I can understand them protecting the business, but a monopoly is not something that should be protected. That's something that should change when better options become available. It's clear that rooftop solar is cheaper than utility power. And it's clear from objective studies, like the one that was most recently done by the Brookings Institute, that net metering generally benefits all ratepayers. So buyers beware. My advice to you, find some local solar companies that have been in business for a while, get some quotes, talk to your friends, do your own research, and then you can make your own decision. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcast. 